Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Wow, God's presence is here. And um, my goodness, I, I, I wouldn't want to rush out of a moment like that. And I pray that over the next few minutes that my words will be, be short and simple. But I want to let you know that we're going to step into these altars in another moment. And we're just going to encounter God like that again. This evening, I have the opportunity to share this idea that I've been really wrestling with and praying about over the last few months. Like, what would I share with you tonight? And what would I share with those watching online? And I am truly humbled to stand behind this pulpit and share this idea with you. Are you, are you ready to jump into God's word? Amen. <clears throat> this evening, I want to share with you an idea called Roadblocks um, to Breakthrough. Breaking through the roadblocks tonight. And that's what I want to share with you for the next few moments. Let me open up with scripture this evening. This is found in Philippians chapter 4. It says this. Are you ready for the word of God? It says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I believe this verse can help us unpack some of the ideas that we want to share with you briefly this evening. Friends, we have to be careful about what we allow to occupy our mind because it'll greatly determine what we become tomorrow. What is on your mind, church? We got a lot on our mind, and I'm excited about this series that's starting Sunday, and I think we're going to walk through a lot of ideas on how we can turn this world that's upside down, right side up, because the rock that is in us will not be shaken. But are the thoughts that you think about, are the thoughts that run through your mind, your imagination, are they making you better? Are they making you bound? Do you ever think about what you've been thinking about? I like the way Joyce Meyer says that. She says this, do you ever think about what you've been thinking about? The first thing the scripture says in that verse that we read just a moment ago is that we should focus on truth. Somebody say truth. The scripture says that truth will set you free. You know, truth will send light into the darkness. Truth makes you free. You have, if you're taking notes this evening, I want you to write this, write this one line down. Truth will transform your perspective. Truth will transform your perspective. I remember so many evenings growing up where I was absolutely convinced that there was a monster hiding in the closet. How many of you remember those moments? Where you were convinced that some kind of evil monster crawled from underneath your bed and was now hiding in the closet. I mean, there were moments when I was absolutely convinced that in a moment I was going to be consumed by a monster in the closet and I would scream out, Daddy, come here. And Dad would come there and his eyes would already be rolling. He would already be annoyed and he would come in there and I'd say, it's in the closet. I promise this time he'd go in there and he'd turn on the light and the moment the lights came on everything that I was fearing in the darkness disappeared you see when, when truth enters a moment when light enters an atmosphere the things that you are afraid of disappears can I share this with you 
When truth is introduced into an environment, the thing that you are afraid of has no power to make you afraid any longer. Can I preach this idea to you? You see, truth will transform your perspective. And I think that there are some of us, that there are thoughts in our mind that have held us captive. There are thoughts in our mind that have made us pull the covers over our head. There are moments that we feel trapped by something that is inside our mind. I never forget, I heard about this little boy. He was walking home from school and every day he would pass this certain street and there was this dog that was really just demon possessed, okay? I don't know how it happens, but it happened with pigs. Maybe it can happen with dogs. I don't know. But the, the, here's what would happen. This little boy was running from this dog that was in his neighborhood. It always happened on this particular street where this dog would just start chasing him down. And for months, this little boy was terrified to walk home. And as he was running home one day, he finally decided, I've had it, I've had it, I can't take it anymore. And so he said, today is the day I'm gonna stand up to that mean old dog. I'm gonna look him in the face. I'm gonna scare him. I'm bigger than this dog. And all of a sudden he stood his ground and that grumpy, growling, ugly dog starts running up on him and he stood his ground. The dog got a little bit closer, got a little bit closer. And all of a sudden, as the dog got about maybe five feet in front of him, he realized something that he had not noticed before. The dog didn't have any teeth. You see, in the moment he realized, oh, I'm already preaching. I hope you're here with me already. The moment he realized that the thing that was pursuing him had no power, he was no longer afraid of it. The moment he realized that, that the thing that had him bound, the thing that filled him with fear, had no power to use against him, he realized that he had nothing to be free or worried about. He was free. You see, truth will transform your perspective tonight. And I want to ask you a question. Are there things that you've been allowing to hold you back as you move forward in this journey of faith? You see, some of us have been running away from something that we don't need to be afraid of any longer. The Bible says that the truth will make you free. Our enemy has been disarmed through the power of Jesus Christ. He is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the scripture says, and the word of my testimony. And God set you free that you should conquer, that you would soar and you'd go further than you ever thought possible. Somebody say amen right there. God set us free so we can lead others into freedom. What would happen if you woke up every single day and instead of setting your mind to the pulse and the temperature of our culture, you would set your mind on things above, to a God that is for you, not against you, to a God that has promised you victory, to a God who has plans for your life, to a God who formed you in your mother's womb and knows every single detail about you. Friends, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to have freedom in this place? Are you ready for truth to transform your perspective? Because I think we're running away from an enemy that we don't need to be afraid of any longer. We're running away from a freedom that we don't need to, we don't, a fear that we don't need to be afraid of any longer. Oh, church, I got to share this idea with you. I hope you're with me. Say yes. You see, I believe that God has you here to fulfill unimaginable things. But sometimes we get stuck. And most of the places that we get stuck in this faith journey is inside our minds. That place right between your ears. I heard somebody say, you are about as far you want to know how far you are from your breakthrough? You want to know how far you are from the next opportunity? You're about this far. And if you allow God's word to transform you and transform and renew your mind, I believe impossible things are becoming possible for you in Jesus' name. You see, most of the times and most of the places that we get stuck, friends, is in our mind. Uh, one of my favorite 
um, characters in secular history is a gentleman named Harry Houdini. I, I've always been fascinated with him. And um, one of the reasons I was fascinated with this uh, Hungarian uh, refugee, he came to the United States in the late 1800s. And of course, we know him for all the illusions and things that he would do. And um, he was very, very poor. And as soon as he learned how to do a few tricks on the street, people just started throwing money on him, money at him. And he realized he had a pretty significant talent. And uh, he rose to fame in the early 1920s and 1930s. And one of the reasons why he became so famous is because there was no chain that could hold him. There was no prison that could contain him. And that became a really interesting thing for people to witness, especially in the 1920s and the 1930s when the Depression was happening. So many people felt bound. So many people felt restrained. And here was this superhero, this real-life person who could break free from every single chain. Well, I read this story that one time he decides to go to the British Isles and there was a prison there that had just been remodeled and refurbished. And uh, one of the things that Houdini always said was that he could break free from any prison that has ever been created. He says, in less than one hour, I will get out of any prison. Well, this one smug, arrogant prison guard says, why don't you come to my prison? I bet you can't get free of this particular cell. So Houdini, like with an arrogant, cocky-like smile, says, I'm coming, bro. I'm going to break free of that prison. So he gets into this place. And I mean, you got to remember back then, like, like the, the way the word was spread was through posters and billboards and stuff like that. So everybody was excited to see Houdini do this uh, unimaginable feat. Well, here's what happens. They, he goes inside the prison cell and the prison guard closes the gate. And he goes, how much time do you think it's going to take for you to get out of this out of this cell? He said, one hour, I'll be out, no problem. So all of a sudden, he reaches into his pocket, he pulls out this little thin piece of metal, and he begins to work on that prison door. 20 minutes go by, not even nervous, he's gonna get it. 30 minutes go by, still a little, getting a little sick to his stomach, maybe thinking it's gonna be a little bit more than an hour, but not much more. 45 minutes, an hour goes by. Now here he is, Houdini, sweating, drenched, absolutely terrified. And he's there and he's working. He takes off his outer jo uh, jacket. He takes off his coat and he is drenched in sweat as he is crouched in this awkward position trying to pick the lock of the door. Two hours go by and Houdini eventually passes out, faints. And when he does, he rests upon the prison door that was unlocked and it sprung wide open. And the prison guard said this, I knew that the only way I can bind somebody who has the ability to break themselves free from a place like this is if I bind them in their mind. Friends, here's the thing. He was trapped in a prison with unlocked doors. And isn't that like sometimes the mindset that we have? It traps us in a prison with unlocked doors. We have the freedom to be free, but the place that we're bound is in our mind. And some of us in this place, God is telling us that you can be free. The only place that this man was bound was in his mind. Can I tell you something? You can go further than you think. Our way, our way maker has made a path for you. 
I'm going to ask this question, and I hope it speaks to your heart. Are you trapped in a place that the cross has given you permission to break free from? Are you trapped in a place that the cross has given you permission to break free from? You see, most of us in this room, you're not bound on the outside. I don't see any prison cells in here. I don't see any shackles. Nobody's in handcuffs. We're doing good tonight. We're going to be giving out uh, handcuffs after service. Just kidding. But nobody in here is bound on the outside. But you want to know what? There's probably a lot of people within the sound of my voice from time to time. The place we get trapped the most is within our mind. And God is calling us to freedom. I believe that these are some of the roadblocks that we need to permanently remove from our thought lives and our conversations. Are you ready to go into this? Say yes. Here's the first roadblock that I want to talk to you about. Something that I think that we need to remove from our vocabulary. Something that I think we need to wage war against in our imagination when this thought comes into our mind. Here it is. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not possible for me to do something like that. I can't do that. We need to remove the word can't from our vocabulary. We're talking about a God who can do impossible things. See, life's too short to sit back and say, I can't. Ordinary people have done amazing things all throughout scripture. We're talking about the God of the universe. And if he is for us, nothing can be against us. Everyone can do something significant for the kingdom of God. Two amens. Thank you, Grandma. She's watching. My Italian woman, my Italian grandmother, Petrusca. She will beat you up. My grandma is strong. She goes to Red Bug Lake campus, and I am scared of her. Here's the deal. The word can't needs to be removed from our vocabulary. We're talking about God of the universe. Everyone in this room can do something significant for the kingdom of God. Significant for your family. Significant for this generation. Significant in this world. What can you do? What can you do? God can use you if you use what you have. I need you to write this down and get this into your spirit because all the time we're looking on the inside, we're saying we don't have enough to do anything significant from God. I can't do that. I cannot break free. I cannot set my children free. I cannot lead a pure life. Get the word can out of your vocabulary. Not when we're including God in the equation. If you would have needed more, God would have given you more. So often we're saying, I should have had their talent, if I had their looks, if I had their ability, if I had their, their, their situation, if I was married to that kind of person, if I came from this kind of neighborhood. No, we're talking about the God of the universe. And if you would have needed what they had to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish, God would have given it to you. If you would have needed more, God would have given you more. That's a good place to say amen. God made absolutely nothing, absolutely everything you can imagine. Let me say it like this. God made absolutely everything you've ever seen, everything you've ever experienced from absolutely nothing. Think about that. Every drop of water in the ocean, God made it from nothing. Every star in the night sky, God made it from absolutely nothing. God made every single animal from absolutely nothing. God made the mountains. He carved the mountains with his words. God made everything in creation from absolutely nothing. Here's my question to you. What could God do with a little old you? If God made everything from nothing, what could he do with you? What would happen if you gave God just the little that you have? I promise you, you will see significant things. Stop saying, I can't do it because I don't have enough. If you have God, you're going to have everything that you need necessary to accomplish the call of God in your life. That's a good place to say amen. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. I'm telling you right now. 
Don't let the enemy convince you that you don't have enough. You take care of the possible and God takes care of the impossible. I remember Moses, he's 80 years old when the burning bush story happens in the book of Exodus. Moses was 80 years old, hello. And there's somebody probably thinking, there's probably not a whole lot more amazing stories I can have from your life. It might've been this man named Moses who thought he missed his shot. But here he is, 80 years old, and God uses an 80-year-old man with a stick to go against the greatest army of that day. Stop saying you don't have enough. Stop saying you're too old, you've missed your chance, that boat has sailed. It hasn't. If God's in the equation, you can do impossible things. Oh, I love 80-year-old man with a stick. Why don't you go up against the armies of Pharaoh? Wow. God used a man named Samson, and the scripture says that an army steps up against him to fight him. And he looks around and he doesn't say, God, where's my sword? He doesn't say, God, why don't you call down fire from heaven? No, the scripture says that Samson takes the jawbone of a donkey and he whoops up an army. What am I saying? Stop looking around for what you don't have. Use what you do have and you will see the impossible happen. The Bible says that God took a little boy's small lunch and he fed thousands with it. Stop saying you don't have enough. If you have God in the equation, you have all that you need. That's a good place to say amen again. I'm just telling you. When you have God, a little becomes a lot. Be faithful with what you have and where you are and you will see God do miracles. Let's no longer focus on what life has taken away from us. Let's look our, focus on what the giver of life has given us. If God is for me, nothing can be against me. The second roadblock that I think we all stumble through at times is this. I will, you know, that's a good word, preacher, but now's not a good time. <laughs> I will get involved at Faith Assembly, but now's not a good time. I will go back to college, but I'm gonna wait for the kids to graduate. I will, but now's not a good time. Uh-oh, it got quiet in the room. I will, but now's not a good time. Yes, I know I need to go to counseling and work through some of this anger that I have, but now's not a good time. That's a roadblock. And every single time we say that, I think we're giving the enemy a little bit more of the thing that we cannot replace, which is your time. I will, but now is not a good time. Oh, preacher, don't talk about this because I'm really busy. I know you're busy. I don't think anybody was just sitting in, their, in your house doing nothing all day. And if you are, you need to get a life and get the church. Let's go, let's build the kingdom. But here's the thing. I will, but now is not a good time. Oof, let's get rid of that mindset. This lie will hold you back from living the life that God has for you. It's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be the right time. Look what Proverbs chapter 20 says this. The sluggard or the lazy does not plow in the autumn and he will seek in the harvest and have nothing. It's important to know the season that you're in. I've heard this quote many, many times. It says this, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. <laughs> when's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. Start today. Because one excuse will always lead to another excuse. Somebody needs to write this down. Excuses will be there for you always, but opportunities won't. Excuses will always be there, but opportunities will not. I will, but now is not a good time. I'm going to wait till I get out of debt. I'm going to wait to this. I'm going to wait to that. What are we waiting for? You know, we don't know the names of the other warriors standing in front of Goliath. We don't really know too many of the other names of the people that were standing in front of Goliath. But we do know one name. What was his name? Of course we know him. We know David's name. 
You know, there were 12 men on that boat the day Jesus was walking on the water, but we only know that one of them stepped out of the boat and walked on the water, Simon Peter. Why did those names stick out? Because they saw an opportunity and ran after it. What is Jesus calling you to step out of? You are safer with Jesus out of your comfort zone than you will ever be in the side of your comfort zone. You are safer with Jesus in the unknown more than you are in what you do know. Step out of the ordinary and step into the extraordinary. Step out of what you can control and step into the things that God can control. All we have is right now. You see, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost time, you can never get it back. I heard somebody say it like this. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. Tomorrow is not promised. Take the step. This is the day that God has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know what's interesting about that simple idea that this is the day that the Lord has made? Everything God makes is saturated with divine significance. Everything God has ever made is saturated with divine significance. So what am I saying? Today, it is teeming with God's potential and opportunity for your life. Everything God made is saturated with divine significance. Let's take advantage of today. Today matters. Take the class. Make date night a priority. Get healthy. Start the process. It will never be, quote unquote, the right time. A year from now, are you going to be wishing you started today? Roadblock number three. Are you ready? I told you I'm going to go quick. Roadblock number three, it's this. I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. You know, there's power in community. There's power in community. Everything God has called you to do is going to require you to lean on somebody else every once in a while. Everything God calls you to do requires a team. Who is the most qualified person to do ministry? Jesus. But he did not do it alone. Every single thing that God has ever called you to do is going to require somebody to walk alongside you. We need a faith community. When I lean on you, I can reach further. When I trust on God and I lean in my faith community, I can stand a little bit taller. I love what Hebrews chapter 12 says. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If you were to go through that scripture again and you were to think about community, you can kind of see it represented in so many of those words. Therefore, let us, surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that entangles us. The running theme in this verse is community. We cannot walk alone. I need your faith. I need your testimony to encourage me when I'm feeling alone. I need your perspective. Look at me, hear me. I need you to show me the things that are hidden in my blind spots. Every once in a while, I hear somebody say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And if I can be really, really honest, because I'm not the, the, the regular preacher, I can say things that'll make you a little angry, so send your emails to uh, pastor. I'm just kidding. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the thing. Sometimes we say things like this, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And there might be some small portion of truth to that. 
But you know what happens with that mindset? It's a me focus. It's not another's focus. You see, here's the deal. Like the reason why you need to be in church is you might be okay. You might be all right. But there's somebody sitting in this room who needs to know how you got through what you got through. You know what happens when you don't show up? You rob me of the miracle that God did in your life. Because every once in a while I get around you and I'm feeling alone and I'm feeling down and I'm feeling like I can't make it. And I get around you and says, you know what? You know what, when I was walking through that, when I was dealing with this, when my brother died, when my father-in-law died, when I walked through this dark time, I was so glad I had a community of faith to walk alongside me. Don't rob me of the testimony and the miracle that God is doing in your life. Maybe you're fine, but somebody in this room isn't, and they need to hear what you have done for God and what God has done through you. Church, we need community. We do. That's the theme of that verse. If we were to pull it back and make it into one word, it's community. You see, I need your perspective. I need you to show me the things that are hiding in my blind spot. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter four. It says this, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. I love this part. A a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Friends, we are stronger when we stand together. We are stronger when we stand together. I'm going to show you a crazy photograph of these redwood trees. I mean, this is absolutely incredible, these trees. Take a look at this picture right here. I mean... That's crazy, right? Now, if you've ever been to the Redwood Forest, I haven't, but I do know that there are certain trees that they've literally cut like, like, like um, holes into where you can drive through a tree, okay? That's just crazy, okay? These are the Redwood trees. They are massive trees. Um, when, we were, when I was looking this up, I, I learned that some of these trees can go up to 350 feet tall. Somebody say, wow. They can live up to 2,000 years. So some of the trees in the Redwood Forest were there the days that Jesus were walking on earth. Crazy. You know, what's awesome about these trees is they can withstand a lot of storms and a lot of winds and a lot of damage that come against them. And what's interesting about these, these trees, and the reason I want to show you that photograph, and the reason I want to give you this perspective is this simple idea. Did you know that the roots of the tree, they only go down, so imagine, hold on, pause. They stand 350 feet tall, but the roots only go down into the earth about 6 to 12 feet. That's crazy. But what's even crazier than that, are you ready for this? The roots are only an inch thick. So how do they stand when the storm comes? How do they stand for so many years? For 2,000 years. Here's how. The roots go down underneath the surface. And what they do is they tangle themselves intentionally around the other redwood trees roots. Here's what happens. They spread hundreds of feet out to the left and to the right, beneath and around. And their roots closely hold on to the other roots that are close to them. Oh, you're not ready for this. So when the wind blows, it's not pushing against one tree. It's pushing against thousands. You see, one tree has the strength 
of an entire forest. What am I saying? By ourselves, we are strong, but with God and our faith community, we are unstoppable. We are unstoppable when we stand together. We have to be vigilant. Nick, if you'd come to the keyboard. We have to be vigilant with the thoughts we allow to live in our minds. Let's run free. Let's be more. Let's reach the places that God is calling us to reach. Oh, church, hear me. Stand up and be all that God has calling you to be. Become what God is calling you to become. I don't know how much time we have left on this planet, but we better do something significant. Too much is given, much is required. And God has given us a lot. And we better use it. God is calling us to be more, to do more, to reach further than we ever thought possible. God wants to give you a new perspective tonight. Because truth will transform the way you see things. I heard this really interesting story about this, this little boy and... Um, there was this neighbor bully that always roughed him up. <laughs> and um, we all remember the bully when we were growing up, that one kid who just made you just your life miserable. Well, one day, I mean, you got to imagine this kid, I mean, just living in fear, just like the dog story, but like with a person. And the kid had all his teeth, just so you know, I checked. So here's what happens. <laughs> Um, this little boy was all beat up and just all discouraged. And one day, the dad comes up to his bedroom. And when he opens up the door, he sees that the little boy had his window open. And he was looking outside across the neighborhood with his telescope. Now, what's funny, though, is the end of the telescope the little boy was looking through. <laughs> You see, what he had done is he had twisted the telescope around and he was looking through the big side and looking all the way through the tube out the little side. And so the dad shows up to this kid and goes, son, you're looking at that the wrong way. <laughs> he goes, you're supposed to look at it this way. And the little boy said something so profound. I want to share it with you. He said, dad, you see, when I look at it that way, that bully over there, looks a whole lot bigger and a whole lot scarier and a whole lot more intimidating. But when I turn this around and I look at it through a different perspective, he looks so small and so insignificant. And every time I look at him the way that I'm supposed to look at him, I realize I don't need to be afraid of that bully any longer. Oh, friends, maybe it's time for you to turn the telescope around. Maybe it's time for you to get that brand new perspective. Maybe it's the time that you stop magnifying the enemy and magnifying the name of the Lord. What would happen if we would get this truth to guide our world and guide our lives and guide our language and guide our thoughts? You've magnified that problem long enough. You've talked about how impossible this is to accomplish long enough. It's time to change your perspective. It's time for fresh vision. Truth will transform your perspective. Let's break through these roadblocks and see miracles like never before. Let me list them to you one more time, and I want to ask you this question. What's the roadblock that's maybe slowing you down tonight? What's that lie that you keep believing in? Let me tell you something. The enemy has been disarmed. 
and we can run and we can do impossible things in Jesus' name. The roadblock number one again was I can't do that. Let's get word of the word can't. The next one was this. I will, but now is not a good time. Friends, we've got to make the most of every opportunity. The days are evil. And the last one was this. I can do this on my own. No, you can't. You need someone to walk alongside you because we're stronger when we stand together. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.